0: Hello, welcome to another story about the Peters family. The title of this week's story is Penelope's Impatience, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes. As we always do, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week, we didn't have a winner. The hymn title from last week's story, Pearson and Penelope demand payment was blessed be the tie that binds. Here's hoping we have a winner this week. Now let's get to the story. Penelope's and Patience. Patience and Priscilla Peters were coming upon their first birthday, but they had been on the move well ahead of their time. They'd been walking since they were almost eight months old, and were a very active set of twins. Daddy and Mama Peters, Pearson and Penelope absolutely adored them they brought lots of sweetness, energy, and funny moments to the family that had gone so long without babies. The addition of the twins to their family was a blessing and gift from God. But as it is with all babies, Priscilla and Patience brought messes and tantrums and accidents. And the fact that they shared a room with Penelope gave Penelope more insight into the messes that toddlers could make. Every morning before school, Penelope helped the girls get up and get dressed for the day. After getting them dressed, She would walk downstairs and she would pass off Patience and Priscilla to Mama Peters' care before walking back upstairs to her room where she would pick up any errant toys from the night before. She would dutifully place the toys in the toy box and begin making the twins' bed. There wasn't much to making their beds because they were still in cribs, so there was only one fitted sheet and a blanket. Each of the twins had three stuffed animals. Penelope had gifted Priscilla with her stuffed monkey and Patience with a miniature stuffed bear when they were born. Those beloved stuffed animals were accompanied by two equally adored animals from Pearson, a stuffed lion and a stuffed elephant. The cream of the crop, though, were the little Miss Molly dolls that Daddy and Mama Peters had given them for their first Christmas. After finishing with the cribs, Penelope would make her own bed. She pulled the flat sheet up hard, tucking the corners tightly so that the sheet was straight and without wrinkle, after which she would cover it with her quilt that Mama Peters had made especially for her when she was only three years old and was sleeping in her first big girl bed. It was a patchwork of yellow and green and pink and blue. Every night before she fell asleep, she would stare at the patterns on each color square, which were comprised of rosebuds, daisies, and paisleys on different portions of the blanket. How she loved that quilt. Mama Peters told Penelope how she had prayed for her as she made the quilt. She prayed that Penelope would repent of her sins and believe in Christ at an early age, that she would be a good sister and daughter and friend, that she would grow up one day to marry a man who loved Jesus with his whole heart. That last part about having a husband always embarrassed Penelope, but she enjoyed the idea of getting married when she was older. She finished making her bed by placing her pillow at the top of her bed and placing her Little Miss Molly doll on top next to her Bible and prayer journal. Her Bible, unlike her quilt, was beginning to look a bit tattered. But that didn't really bother her, because Daddy Peters always told her that a tattered Bible is a used Bible, and she had been reading her Bible every day. Daddy and Mama Peters had listed that on their chore chart, as soon as she and Pearson had been able to read. Every day they had to read their Bibles and write in their prayer journals. Penelope cracked open her prayer journal and read a couple of the older prayers from last year. She read her journal entry where she had confessed her sin of lying to her good friend Emily after Emily had beaten her at Four Square. She flipped over a few pages where she had praised God for the birth of her sisters at Thanksgiving. And right before closing her journal, she read the prayer she'd prayed for her Uncle Stephen's salvation, which prompted her to stop right then and there to pray again for her dear uncle's salvation, who still did not know Jesus. She prayed that God would help him repent of his sins and believe in Christ. Next up was Penelope's dresser, which she painstakingly straightened up and placed her coin purse next to her piggy bank, which was a little Miss Molly piggy bank. It was pink with hearts and a little star right on top where the hole was for the money. Penelope gave the bank a little shake, satisfied by the sound of the tinkling coins. She placed it next to her little Miss Molly hand mirror and her little Miss Molly hairbrush. She squeezed some of her Little Miss Molly lotion into her hands, rubbing until they were dry but moisturized. She brushed her hair, applied some lip balm, looked at herself in the mirror, and placed a stray hair carefully behind her ear. She was ready for breakfast and walked downstairs. She greeted Mama Peters again. Good morning, Mama Peters. And greeted her brother. Good morning, Pearson. And Daddy Peters. Good morning, Daddy Peters. Peters." Penelope hugged each of her precious parents with a squeeze. Good morning, honey. Thank you for getting the girls' dressed. They look adorable. Mama Peters nodded toward the twins who were wearing matching pink jumpers and miniature brown booties. I love those outfits, Mama Peters. I remember when Mrs. Wells gave them to us when they were moving away, and now they fit just perfectly. The mention of Mrs. Wells caused Pearson to think about Finn Wells, his best friend, who had moved over the summer. I wonder what Finn's doing right now, Pearson mused aloud. I don't know but I'll go out on a limb here and make an educated guess. Let me think about it for one second. Okay, I got it. I bet he's doing exactly what you're doing right now, eating breakfast and getting ready for school. Daddy Peters winked at Pearson. Yeah, probably. I I sure do miss him, Pearson said, picking up his fork as he anticipated the eggs that Mommy Peters was placing in front of each member of the family. Daddy Peters prayed over the breakfast and then prayed for each member of the Peters family individually. Sometimes Penelope had a hard time sitting through the long prayer time, but she knew that Daddy Peters loved his family and wanted to start the day off with communing with God. And it was a sweet comfort to Penelope to hear Daddy Peters pray for her day and all that might be in store for it. Often, as she went about her day, she would remember Daddy Peters' prayer for her and it really helped her to make choices that were honoring to the Lord. And both Daddy and Mama Peters' greatest desire for their family was that each one would know Jesus and have a vibrant walk with God. After praying and eating, Penelope and Pearson cleared the dishes, kissed Daddy and Mama Peters, and Patience and Priscilla goodbye, and after Mama Peters had handed them their lunches, they walked out the front door to the end of the driveway where they would await the bus. At school that day, Penelope enjoyed playing with Emily and Nora. They always enjoyed each other's company. And today they played hopscotch, Foursquare, and they ate together at lunch. They exchanged brownies and cookies and other treats. And in general, it was a good Wednesday until the last class of the day. It was Penelope's first year in Latin and it was mostly a fun class. She had learned a lot of chants and all about conjugations and declensions and some very interesting Roman history to boot. Mrs. Sandaster was a brilliant teacher who seemed to have a passion for Latin like Mrs. Grable had for art. Penelope happened to love art with every fiber of her being but art had been replaced by latin this year and she was really beginning to enjoy it today's latin class though was a bit more difficult mrs sandaster had them translating simple sentences but penelope kept misunderstanding the endings okay penelope i want you to say they pray uh sant oro no let's try again remember the verb contains the subject too oh okay or runt? No, you need to add the proper ending. Penelope felt her face flush, and her forehead began to perspire. She wasn't sure what Mrs. Sandaster was getting at, and after beginning to give an answer again, she just gave up. I'm not sure what the answer is, Mrs. Sandaster. That's okay. It's Orant. I notice that Penelope's not the only one struggling with conjugating, but that's okay. I know we'll get there. But I want the class to go home and write out the conjugation charts, and complete a verb synopsis for ten verbs. The class groaned, and Penelope's heart sank. Her Wednesday afternoon and evening would be filled with homework, and that idea didn't set well with her at all. After the homework assignment had been given, several students raised their hands and lamented the homework, but Mrs. Sandaster stood strong. She told the class that she wanted to hear no more complaints, and she was determined that they understood how to apply conjugations. Penelope felt heartsick, and a dark cloud settled over her. She had missed the translation in class, and she felt foolish, and felt like it was her fault that the entire class had a big homework assignment. So now, instead of going home and building a little Miss Molly dolls with the twins as she had anticipated, she would be stuck doing homework. She began to feel overwhelmed with the weight of the Latin assignment which had just been meted out. On the bus ride home, Penelope could only think of the looming homework assignment, and she was disappointed that her conjugation, translated incorrectly, was the reason for the homework assignment. It weighed heavily on her heart. She didn't feel any better when she walked through the front door to Mama Peters and the twins. She took the usual cookie from Mama Peters, but she asked that she be able to go upstairs immediately to do her schoolwork. Normally, Daddy and Mama Peters encouraged Pearson and Penelope to take a load off and take the time to decompress after a long day at school. Though Mama Peters looked a bit hesitant at Penelope's insistence on doing her homework immediately, she gave her approval. She could read that something was amiss with Penelope. But for the moment, she turned her attention to Pearson, who, as usual, regaled her with stories of his day, including a story about how Todd Hicks had done a standing backflip on the playground, and it had awed everyone there including Todd, who Pearson had to remind to be a bit more humble about his athleticism. Todd listened to Pearson and was quick to remember that God is the giver of all gifts. Mama Peters was horrified at the thought of a standing backflip. That sounds very dangerous, Pearson. I want Todd to be careful, she emphasized. While Pearson continued his long-winded stories of his day, Penelope had gotten upstairs. She had walked into her room and discovered a horrible mess. She looked around. And saw that the twins had emptied out the toy box and dumped the toys everywhere. All their bedding was on the floor and they had gotten into Penelope's school supplies somehow and had opened markers which were all over the floor. She took a quick survey of the room and discovered a collection of ginormous red ink streaks all over her prized quilt. She stared hard at the quilt and tears welled up in her eyes. However, She made a snap decision to clean up the toys first, so dropping her backpack, she began cleaning the toys frantically as hot tears gushed down her cheeks. She worked frenetically, and she began to grow more desperate in her heart. When the room had finally been picked up, she turned and looked at her quilt. The quilt was the straw that broke the camel's back. She began sobbing nearly hysterically as she flung herself on the bed. Mama Peters, having heard the ruckus from downstairs, rushed into her room and sat on the bed. Penelope, what in the world is wrong? Mama Peters, did you not see this room? Penelope was slightly upset with Mama Peters, thinking that she should have kept a better eye on Patience and Priscilla. And no offense, Mama Peters, but you couldn't you have stopped them from messing up my room? Penelope's blame game was strong. I could have, but I didn't see that they had messed up your room. What did it look like when you got home? Mama Peters was patient in her tone, although she suspected that Penelope's ire was misdirected. Mama Peters, there were toys everywhere. Penelope's voice continued to rise as the words came tumbling out of her mouth. Her words came at such a fast pace that some of it sounded like gibberish to Mama Peters. I can't even do my homework until this room was all cleaned up. But that's not even, that is not even the worst part of it. Look at this. Penelope's tears began to flow again. Mama Peters held up the quilt and looked at it. It was streaked with the twins' artwork. She looked back at Penelope and began to speak in a serious tone. Oh, boy, you're right. They really did a number on your quilt, and I feel terrible about it, too. Penelope, do you think it would be a good idea if we considered getting rid of the twins? Penelope was aghast. She immediately stopped crying and looked up, wide-eyed, at Mama Peters. You're kidding, right, Mama Peters? Of course, Penelope. But I'm also trying to make a point, darling. This situation reminds me of what Proverbs 14.4 says. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but an abundant harvest comes by the strength of the ox. Do you have any idea what that means, Pen? Not really, Mama Peters. What do oxen have to do with the twins and their messes? Penelope asked genuinely. It means that oxen are messy animals, Pin. They eat fodder and get it everywhere inside their stables, their hair sheds, and they poop everywhere. So why would people keep oxen if they were so messy? Um, well, Mama Peters, uh, because they plow the ground and they help the farmers? That's right, sweetie. Because of the oxen, the farmer actually do their job better and they get their work done more quickly. If he didn't have oxen, the farmer would have to plow the fields manually by hand, and it would take so much longer. But with oxen, farmers work more efficiently, and their production is elevated. There is much benefit derived from oxen. Hence, the farmer would never consider that a clean manger is of greater benefit than abundant crops. I think I see what you're saying, Mama Peters. Penelope's voice began to get shaky. And having sisters. It's better than a clean room any time. Is that what you're saying, Mama Peters? That's exactly what I'm saying, Pen. You love all of your things to be nice and neat and orderly. I want to remind you that while it is a strength that you keep your things with good stewardship, you must remember that is secondary to the joy that your sisters bring to your life. And that's good for all of us to remember. I constantly have to remind myself that messes with kids is far better than a neat, pristine house without the sounds of kids emanating from it. Four kids make a mess. But it's easy to remember that children are a blessing from the Lord. And so I need to put my priorities in order. The Lord has given me a sweet husband and wonderful children. And so messes from them are from the Lord. I know that now, Mama Peters. You're right. And what's funny? These red lines don't even look so bad. Penelope pointed to the red marks all over her treasured quilt. Pen, I am glad you've had a change of heart. Because I don't know if I'll be able to get all of this out in the wash. And the other thing, make sure all of your supplies are out of their reach. Those little stinkers. Mama Peters laughed. (laughs) And Penelope joined in. (laughs) As she pictured the chubby hands of her baby sisters scribbling their artwork all over the quilt. Though Mama Peters felt that she needed to get downstairs to finish making dinner. She reminded herself of what Galatians 6 says about bearing each other's burdens so praying silently that she could help Penelope with her homework and still have the time she would need to put the finishing touches on dinner. She listened as Penelope explained how inundated she felt with a Latin assignment. So they both dug in. Not only did Mama Peters' help lift Penelope's spirits, but the entire assignment was complete in less than an hour, giving Mama Peters and Penelope, who helped, the time to get dinner together. As they joined in together, readying dinner for the hungry family, Mama Peters began to sing and Penelope joined in. They heartily sang Revive Us Again, which was a good song to get them going. Before Patience and Priscilla were carried off to bed for the night, Penelope hugged each one and gave them big kisses. When it came time for her own bedtime an hour or so later, she got in bed and covered herself with her marker-smeared quilt. Her attitude, though, had been transformed, and instead of being angry, she viewed the twins' artwork as a gift from her twin sisters as special artwork from their hearts to her heart. She confessed her sin of anger to God and lovingly glanced at her sisters who were sleeping peacefully. Her eyes were heavy with tiredness, so she turned off her reading light and turned her head toward her twin sisters. She whispered, Thanks for your artwork. I love you, you little oxen. She giggled quietly in the dark. (laughs) Then closed her eyes and went to sleep. This is Grandmom's Corner. We've just heard a story about Penelope's impatience. The kind of impatience Penelope displayed with her sisters after they made a mess in her room is defined as being easily irritated or being provoked. But there's another kind of impatience. That's the kind of impatience that causes you to get agitated when you're not getting something you want, or you're not getting it fast enough. Last year, we told the story of how Pearson ruined his Christmas because he couldn't wait to open a big wrapped present under the tree. He desperately wanted to know what was in it, so he sneaked and opened it. On Christmas morning, he already knew what was in the package. His impatience had cost him the joy of being surprised. All impatience, no matter the kind, boils down to self-control. Will you control yourself when a younger sibling scribbles all over your artwork? How will you react when cousins come over and they make a mess of your room? Will you exercise self-control when you want to go out and play but your mom just applied nail polish that you wanted her to and it needs to dry first. How about when we really really want to eat a freshly baked cookie but it's too hot and so we eat it anyway and we burn our tongue. Our impatience or lack of self-control reminds me of the character Veruca Salt from the old version of the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Have you seen it? If you haven't seen it, it's a highly entertaining movie. If you have, you probably remember Veruca one of the characters who had won a golden ticket to get into the chocolate factory. She was a spoiled girl, and she was used to making demands and throwing a temper tantrum when she didn't get her way. She was mean and self-centered, and her parents would ultimately give in to what she wanted. While she was in the chocolate factory, she wanted something that she couldn't have, but she wouldn't take no for an answer. She begins to sing a song, I Want It Now. The song is comprised of a list of demands she wants. And she ends it with, I want it now! That desire to have your own way and wanting it immediately, whether it be a clean room or a cookie that's too hot or to go out and play when you have nail polish that needs to dry, is in every one of us. As sinners, we want what we want. Did you know the Bible, though, has a lot to say about self-discipline and practicing patience? 2 Timothy seven says, For God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline, which means to discipline and control ourselves. And here's another one from James 1.19. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Having patience and self-control means you don't respond to your emotions and your urges. You don't give in to anger when someone messes up your room. You wait until those freshly baked cookies cool down before eating one. You're patient when your nail polish needs to dry before going out to play. And most importantly, you listen to your parents. God has entrusted them to raise you, and you need to trust your parents, because when you do, you're really trusting God. We plan to be here next week with a new story, the Lord willing. Bye for now.